And we're going to read this together. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. Just remain standing for just a few more moments. Proverbs chapter 3. And I want to read this together. Just one verse, and this is going to be the springboard of a series that I want to talk about. And, I, you know, at the same time, just know this, I'm trying to deal with a little bit of disappointment. Like, oh, man, because I was so excited, man. I had music and videos. Just come next week. I guarantee you we'll have it ready. It's, it's real good. Because if you know anything about myself, I'm very animated. I like to, you know, do things and, you know, like show things. And, you know, my, my wife calls me the drama king, you know. <laughs> I'm such a drama king. And I said, well, every king has a drama queen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> She's also learning I'm very quick, too. Amen. Uh, if you're going to say something, just make sure to defend quickly. Amen. Someone say deal, deal. or no deal. no deal. And these next four weeks, we're going to be dealing with things. We're going to deal with it. And I'm real excited. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped about this because just you'll see why. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, but I'm not going to really elaborate on a lot of it because a lot of it just speaks for itself. Some of it you kind of have to, we'll dive into it. And then some of it you're just going to have to wrestle with it on your own. When you go back to yourself, wow, that's, oh, no, you know, that's just, that's for you to do. That's, you're going to have to deal with it. Because some of these scriptures, they're just very blatant in your face. Like, deal with it. If you're supposed to hold your tongue, then hold your tongue. You know, you're supposed to love your neighbor. Don't give conditions. You know, this, you'll see what I'm talking about in just a little bit. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. If you have it in the NIV, let's, let's all read it together, shall we? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Let's read it again all together. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. One more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is a very famous scripture in our men's recovery homes. Right? We, I mean, we, we've even made it a cliche within the home. It's 3 5 in it, brother. 3 5 in it. But that, the, you know, the, the part that we focus on within the home is, you know, stop leaning, brother. You're leaning, brother, you know, because we have that gangster lean, right? So we always have that lean. I want to focus a little bit on the first part trust in the Lord with all your heart. The Bible says to guard your because out of it are the issues that sometimes you don't want to deal with. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Give three people a high five. Tell them deal or no deal. <laughs> then you may be seated. Now, I also want to challenge you, if you've never taken notes before, and, and sometimes you just sit and listen, if you have a piece of paper, maybe you could take it out. If you have a highlighter, you're going to need it for your Bible, because I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures here, because I know a lot of times, many people think, well, that's just the pastor talking. So I, I, I did my best. I really went into a lot of different scriptures, and uh, some you'll get right away, some you won't, but nevertheless, I, I pray that you'll definitely be blessed and encouraged, but also challenged to really deal with some of the things that normally we don't see. Years ago, I had an opportunity, and I moved to the city of San Diego. When I moved to San Diego, um, I learned right away quickly that there was one dominant team in San Diego. They were just it. They were the team. And the only team that, there were other teams there in San Diego, but there's only one team that matters in San Diego, and that is the San Diego Chargers. They have the Padres, they have other things, you know, they have San Diego State, a few colleges, but when I went there, I learned quickly that it's all about the Bolts, the San Diego Chargers, and so I remember, I'm going to preach it, I need you to listen. <laughs> I'll preach you, listen. 
I remember when I went down there, I was introducing myself for the very first couple of weeks and sharing with everybody about, you know, where I'm from. And so I would introduce myself. And, you know, you kinda, it kind of takes a little while to get to meet people. You don't meet everybody right away. And so I remember introducing myself, talking with people. And then I even distinctly remember introducing myself to a couple that they had just started coming to that church just a few weeks. And then I remember starting a great conversation with uh, the husband. And then as I started sharing about the church, and then also I shared a little bit about myself, I had shared about how I was from the Bay Area. And that when I was from the Bay Area, not only was I from the Bay Area, I liked sports. Right away, he told me, he goes, so let me guess, you're a Giants fan. I go, yeah, I sure am. He says, oh, please tell me that you're not a Niners fan. Now, for those of you that you understand sports, it's kind of weird or, you know, this is kind of the opposite. You know, he's a Chargers fan. Right away you would think, please tell me you're not a, right? But that's not what he said. He goes, please tell me you're not a Niners fan. So, because to me, I was just like, yeah, I'm a Niners fan. Because to me, I was like, I don't have nothing against Chargers. Matter of fact, you're a Chargers fan. I'm a Niners fan. We both don't like the Raiders, you know. like, <laughs> Right? Let's just be, let's be honest, okay? Let's just be honest. But it struck me right away when he goes, please tell me you're not a Niners fan. And I go, yeah, I'm a Niners fan. Well, you know, does, does that hurt you? You know, are you okay with that? And as we started talking more about the conversation and talking, all of a sudden it came out the reason why he said that first as opposed to the Raiders. And then all of a sudden, we start talking, and he goes, you know what? The reason why I asked you the Niners, and I don't like the Niners, is because in 1995, your Niners beat my Chargers in the Super Bowl. Now, I'll be honest. As a Niner fan, right, and Niner fans know this, we don't have anything against the Chargers, right? Like, what do we care? Chargers. But something like deep inside of him was just like, you know what he told me? This, this is how the conversation even went further. True, I'm not making this up. He told me that when he was, he was watching the game, he said all his friends were there. They were watching the Super Bowl back in 1995. Do you guys remember the Super Bowl? I know not a friend. You remember this, right? It was like one of the, the best Super Bowls ever for us. Was, I think it's even the largest margin of victory, wasn't that? Or no, that was against Denver, right? I don't know, all these Super Bowls, I forget. Amen. <laughs> Let's go. That's, that's cold. Uh, forgive me, Lord. You got to forgive me. You, you'll see why in a little bit. Amen. But this is a true story. He told me that all his friends ever watched, they were decked out in chargers. They, matter of fact, he has a charger bolt tattoo. He got tattoos. A lot of these guys have tattoos of bolts. You'll see them. They got bolts over here. They got SD. I mean, they're just, they're down for their chargers. This is a true story. He told me that when he, the Super Bowl was over, he said he went into his room and he did not come out for a week. He said he went two places in that one week. One was the kitchen, and one was the restroom. That was it. He said he was depressed for, I got, I, now, now I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking. Like, no, he did. He probably went out, saw sunshine. I asked him. I go, so, you know, because that's kind of exaggerated thinking, right? Like, oh, you know, wow, that's crazy. And he goes, no, 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 I'm serious. And his wife, remember, I'm talking, his wife's right there. I go, did he really? She goes, mm-hmm. He didn't come out. And I thought, man, what in the world would cause anybody to be so angry and so bitter and so resentful that they would, it would cause them to not move or, or get out and just, I mean, but that's how deep it was within him because he was, he was so angry. I mean, it was just like, Ah, it, it took over his life, this, this, ah, this anger. And 
many times within our lives, if we don't recognize that there's certain things that within our lives, especially this thing called anger, it will take over your life. It takes over your lifestyle. It takes over your way of thinking. It takes over your way of doing. It affects you. It affected this man for, I mean, uh, to me, I'm just like, it's no big deal. I mean, why is it there are some things that make some people get just riled up and other people go, oh, this is no big deal? You know, why is it that some people, they get so frantic and slow drivers, right? You're so, just get out of the way. And then other people just like, well, I'll just go around them, you know. It's not a big deal. Why is it that some people just have this, like, short temper, they're like, Oh, this is the wrong food. Oh, you know, so I'll just, uh, just put it off to the side. I don't like it, you know. Why is it that some react a certain way and other, I mean, because right now I know for those of you that I said this about the Chargers, like, no big deal. But to him, the Hulk. Now, I know for some of us we can laugh at it, but if we really think at it and we look in the mirror, there's some of the things that we become the Hulk at. Just little things. I mean, just these little, little things that will spark something within our lives. Now, how many diehard A's fans do we have here? How many diehard A's? Just diehard, right? I, I, okay, I mean a diehard A's fan. I, I need a diehard A's fan. I need a diehard. Like you're a diehard. You're die, come on over here right here, my man. You're raising your hand. Come here. I'll, I'll be able to tell right now if you're diehard or not. I'm going to tell right now. If you're a diehard fan. Okay, look it. I got something right here. Look it. I got this hat right here. Right? For you. This is no big, like, okay, this is, a, it's, it's pretty, let's be honest, this is a very nice hat. Is it not? It's pretty cool. Very bright. You know. It's not a, you know, if I were to give you this hat, would, would you wear it? No? You wouldn't wear it? Takes your team's colors, right? Yeah, it's a little whack. This is a little whack right there. How about this one, the Kansas City Royals? Would you? No? Not, not really? Not a big deal. Okay. Now, how about this one right here? The Angels. Okay, now, 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 out of all these hats, would you wear one of them? Just, I mean, you know. No. No, you wouldn't wear not one of them? Nothing? Okay, yeah. I mean, these are not, put it this way. Each one of these hats costs over 40 bucks. That's right. You still wouldn't wear Nothing? Got eight hats? A's? What's, what's the A's at? I don't have an A's. So you, you wouldn't wear none of this? Nothing? No. Nothing like that? No, I couldn't. What, what if I were to try to just, you know, to say, you know what? Here, bro, I, I want you to wear. <laughs> Kansas City, they never hurt you, right? No? No? <laughs> Angels, Absolutely wasn't it? Not. <laughs> wow. Diehard fan. All right, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Go ahead, have a seat. The, when, I, when I was growing up, there, there's these little, there's these little things I got. I, I saw them. I was like, oh, these are so cool, right? Do you remember these things when you were growing up? I don't know. I mean, this is bigger now. They're making them bigger, right? But these are really cool. I really like these. I need somebody from the home to come up here. Now, come on up here, Jose. You're pretty cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty cool. Yeah. I like these. Don't you like these? These are pretty cool, right? Look at this. Look at this. I like these right here. These are pretty tight. Yeah. There. Same time. Let's do this. Do it. Ready? One, two. Those are cool. I really like those, right? I really like them. Now, believe me, my son totally loves these things. I mean, absolutely loves them, right? These are really cool. I really like these things. You ever do them at, like, the, the thing? Okay, go ahead. Ooh, I like the echo. That's pretty cool right there. Okay, all right. Go ahead. Look at this. Okay, go ahead. Do that one right there. I'm gonna do this one. Okay. 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 Now, if you notice, the only reason why this thing didn't go off is because there's no fuse. That's all it really is. 
See, a lot of the times, really what it is, when you bring up certain things, we have a lot of things bottled up, but if we, if we learn how to deal with the fuse, yeah. maybe certain things won't go off, yeah. right? Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Give Jose a hand, right? Yeah, and I wanted you to see this here. I, 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 for those of you that may think, oh my gosh, he didn't have it. No, that's, it, it was on purpose like that, that, that there was none. It's because a lot of times if you pull certain things about it, I mean, just, oh, they, they just get on my nerves. They just, oh, I just can't deal with it. Oh, oh. It is, oh it's just, because when you actually learn about anger, anger is really never the first emotion. It always has to deal with sometimes I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. People just wronged me. Because of that, if you actually will see, and we're going to see, and we're going to talk about this right now. If we actually learn how to deal with this, maybe this won't happen. It's just a thought. I mean, I showed you right now with the A's cap. There ain't no way that, I mean, this is, that's not coming on my head. I'm not going to touch that thing. But today, we're going to deal with this thing. We're going to, why, why is it that you won't, why is it that this, why is it that whenever you see a certain thing, just, oh, I can't deal with that. Why is it that whenever somebody cuts you off, oh, I can't, you know, deal with, why is it that, you know, you'll see people even on the, on the freeway, that even when they cut you off, all of a sudden, or, or you cut them off, and they, you know, they, they give you the, the, the number one sign, right, but it's not, you know, number one, you know, it's another sign, and they just, Oh, you know, why is it that certain people, you know, they, they cut off, oh, I'm sorry, and other people, you know, what's wrong with you? you know, why? If we would just, actually, sometimes it really is just a small thing. But if you don't deal with this small thing, boom, things begin to happen that really shouldn't happen. The purpose of today's message is to deal with this little fuse that we call anger. This anger fuse, the crazy thing about it is that sometimes we try our best to even masquerade this thing that we call anger. We, we come up with different names for it many a times, and we'll try to share it and say it in a different way. You know, oh, he, you know he's, he's just being, you know, or she's just being, you know, irritable. They're just irritable, you know. We, we, but when you really try to look at it, it has to do with this thing that we called anger, or you ever, you know, have somebody, or you know, you deal with, oh, that's just, you know, that's just Greg being Greg, right? Oh, that's just Sal being Sal, you know, that's just so-and-so being so-and-so. And what happens is we start dealing with it in a way that we just kind of cover it up. We just kind of deal with it, but we never really deal with it. We look at it, and we're just, sometimes we're just more amused at the But really, in all reality, you keep doing that, and they get, fireworks get bigger and bigger. This is just real small. Can you imagine if I were to bring a gun up here, or M80 up here, or M1000? I mean, everybody, run, run! And sometimes that's how it is when you see certain people. You oh, man, and you know, you have to kind of walk on eggshells when you see that person, because they can M80 at any time. M1000 at any time. Like, oh, Now, there's certain things that we deal with. We can kind of deal with it, but in reality, there's a certain thing that we need to be able to deal with. Tell the person next to you, say, deal or no deal. <laughs> See, the thing about it is that this, this, the truth of the matter of this anger is this. L listen to me. Now, now we're really going to start getting into it here. The truth of the matter is that your body can really not handle this anger that is bottled up inside of you. Your body was not meant to always be a container of anger. It wasn't meant for that. You were not created for that. Matter of fact, you know when you get angry, doesn't your body feel it? Don't you feel it? You're like, mm. I mean, just, there's a tensing even inside your stomach when there's like an anger. And it has nothing to do with like you're about to fight. Matter of fact, anger makes you want to fight. The reason why is because you're, this adrenaline that you have, it gets going and it gets moving. And what happens is the blood from your brain, it leaves and it goes to the major muscles in the body that are ready to fight. That's what happens. When this anger boils up, it leaves and it says, okay. And what happens is 
Less blood in the brain, more in the muscle. Now look at this. Now, even before we get into the, to, to the scripture, uh, these are just some quick studies to show you this. Look at this. The average person, when they're angry, look at this. The average person, when they're angry, loses 25% of their IQ. The average person. Now, if, if, uh, I was doing some study. The, the average IQ in America, we're like 19th in the world, somewhere in there. We're 19th in the world or 18th, something like that. Our, the average United States American IQ is 98. That's our average. Mental retardation, 70. Right? Okay, so 70, average IQ is 98. Now, it kind of stands to reason, look, the angrier you get, the closer you get to retardation. I said, well, it's not a big deal. Just, just listen to me. Just, just hear me out for, for a little bit. Listen, watch this. Now, you said, no, that's not true. Anger, like fear, releases a stress hormone called cortisol. The long-term effect of elevated uh, cortisol levels are indeed determined to us both physically and mentally. Elevated levels of cortisol, if prolonged, can lead to, uh, can lead to uh, I want to say this correctly, proteolysis and muscle wasting. Several studies have shown, how, uh, shown a lipolytic, or a breakdown of fat, effects of cortisol, although under some conditions cortisol may somewhat suppress lipolysis. Another function is to decrease bone formation. Look at this. Another study found this. It cooperates with adrenaline to create memories of short-term emotional events. This is the proposed mechanism for storage of flashbulb memories and may originate as a means to remember what to avoid in the future. However, long-term exposure to cortisol results in damage to cells in the hippocampus. This damage results in impaired learning. Condensed version, you get a shorter IQ. That's really what it is. Now, I mean, if, if you really think about all these, I mean, think of all the things that get you upset, right? I mean, all these things that just get you upset. I mean, you ever deal with people like, man, this, this person just gets on my nerves. Now, the majority of the things that even get on your nerves are not really things. They're really people. Right? I mean, you ever stubbed your you know, toe on a chair and you're like, oh, stupid chair. But you can only get mad for so long because what are you going to do? It's a chair, you know. But with people, you can harbor that. You can keep that a little bit longer. You can hold on to it because now I have a purpose. I have a purpose for holding on to this thing. The chair is no big deal. And so a lot of times, a lot of these things, the, the, the people, they get on our earth, you know, there's just certain things that, man, this guy cut me off, or, you know, this happened, or, man, I hate when people do this, or, you know, I don't like dishonest people, they get on my nerves, or I hate haters, and, you know, you're really a hater, too, because you're hating on haters, and therefore you're both hating, and, you know, it only kind of stands to reason that when you have two people that are both angry, and they're both losing their IQ, it's pretty, kind of stands to reason that, there's not going to be anything great that comes out of that conversation or that happening, right? Two people that are angry, you're really not going to have a very high, reasonable experience. You're probably going to have more of a, uh, uh, an undesirable muscle movement. Why? Because everything that you wanted to do that you thought, let's just... Let's do this reasonably. All of a sudden, the anger boils up, and the blood goes from your brain, and it goes to the muscles and says, no, let's not reason. Let's do it this way. Right? And that's why many of you, even growing up, right, did you not do that? When certain people looked at you wrong, what's your problem? The muscles went. This wasn't the first thing to reason. This was the first thing to reason. I mean, especially within, within men. I mean, men are just like, I don't know what it is. Men have this conquering spirit within them that just make them want to conquer everything. They want to conquer everything. 
And I could speak for that because I'm a man. You, to, you know, we just want to conquer everything. Even, you ever seen those war movies? And you see these men, I mean, they're just like, oh, you know, oh, oh, oh. I mean, they're just like, yeah, it's in their spirit. Let's, let's do this. But even when you watch movies like that, right, or any war movies, even you see these big brute men, like, yeah. But there's even these small little scrawny men, even off in the side. I mean, you think, oh, they're no big deal. It's in their spirit still to conquer. They're little weasels, but they're figuring out a way how to conquer you. Even though they're scrawny, even though they seemingly, anger still controls them too. Don't think that anger just controls the big. No, anger can control the small too. It can control that. And if you're not careful of it, we must be very uh, uh, concerned to understand that, listen, this anger, do not let it over take you. Have you ever seen a child throw a tantrum before? You ever seen a child throw a tantrum? Believe me, I have kids all the time. Right? I mean, I have, I'm not all the time, excuse me. <laughs> My kids are around me all the time is what I meant to say. Strike that from the record, amen. I'm not that Mexican, amen. <laughs> When my kids are around me all the time, and believe me, if your kids are around you all the time, you see tantrums all the time. And I have a son, he just throws tantrums all the time. But this is what's funny is that if you've ever seen a little kid throw a tantrum, they're, ah, 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 you know, have you ever seen them on the floor? They're, ah, 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 ah. But for, if you really look at a kid's tantrum, for a brief second, they'll do, ah, ah, ah. Right? Now, what's crazy is that even though, you know, kids do that, as you grow up, even in the high school, the same thing happens. Even sometimes people grow older, they just never mature. Same things happen. Same thing. People will still throw a tantrum. It may not be on the floor wailing, but it will be with their lips. Just blah, 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 blah. And they just want to see who's going to see my reaction. And it's very, I mean, this anger thing is a very scary thing. I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, you know, uh, I've walked into my house sometimes, and I can tell when my wife, I mean, you know, believe me, you got four kids running all around, and, you know, my wife, you know, her eye starts twitching a little bit. You know, she's got her hands, like, right here, like, oh. You know, I'll go, oh, okay, Chella, just go upstairs, go, you know, just go red. Uh, okay, are you sure, are you sure, you know? Mom's angry, mom's angry. You know? you know what's even scarier is seeing a man who's angry. You know, mom, you know, we say mom's angry, but it's even scarier to see a man who's angry because most men, they don't know how to control that thing. And the how we deal with it, we just, oh, get out of their way. Get out of their way. That's our way of dealing with it. We have to deal with it because certain people don't want to deal with it. So that's how we have to deal. I'll just get out of the way. And it's a scary thing, this anger. And so that's why here this morning, I really want to be able to look and say, look, this anger thing that we don't like to deal with, what does the Bible say about it? What does the scripture say about dealing with this? Now, here right now, this is where we're going to kind of go. And if, you know, we don't have the screen here. So if you have your Bible, you can write it down, take notes, put a little note on the side. Now, some of these scriptures I'm going to give to you and, and I'm going to elaborate on them. Most of them I won't. I'll just kind of give them to you. You can write them down there on your own. To, uh, take a side note, highlight it there in your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, just, you know, get a piece of paper or something, write it on the side. But these are some of the scriptures that I believe will help us in dealing with this thing with this, that we call anger. Psalms chapter 37, verse 8. It says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Makes sense, right? Don't do it. Just refrain from it. Now, the thing that I've also learned as well is that in the scriptures... You know, you would think that the, the scriptures right away, it says, just let it go. But actually, the scriptures sometimes are a little bit kind of hard to wrestle with because it talks about anger in a good way and in a bad way. Yeah, but wait a second. Well, what is this thing? Well, that, we're going to deal with it. Tell your neighbor, let's deal with it. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17. 
A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and one who devises evil schemes is hated. Now, now think about this. I mean, we shared this earlier, you know, you know RQ's 98, and, you know, mental retardation 70, you know. Think, but if you get angry, you, you know, you lose 25%. Uh, you know, the, of the IQ, whatever it might be. Now, it only stands to reason that if you're losing 25% of your IQ, you're going to do foolish things, right? Just makes sense. That's what we're going to do want to do. And, and it's funny that the Bible says right here, a quick-tempered person does foolish things, and one who devises or mischiefs or, or comes together, and they're doing, they're trying to come up with schemes that are up to no good. It's crazy how the Bible ties together quick-tempered and being a mischievous person, right? They're just, they're up to no good. And be careful of this thing called anger because it can lead to no good. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. Better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city. Oh, that one got me right there. I looked at that, and I began to read it. I said, what in the world? I mean, I'm going to read this again, because I know we don't have it there, so I'll read it for you. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. In other words, it's harder to control this thing, this thing, this temper that we have, this anger, than it is to actually conquer a city. It's harder to conquer ourselves than it is to conquer a city. One writer says, to overcome our own passions requires more steady management than obtaining victory over our enemy. And it's definitely true for us men. I'm just speaking to the men on this one for sure. Because men, we love to, con oh, we're going we're gonna to take the world. Okay, first take your anger. Control that thing. Get that under subjection. Put it, don't let it rule you. Because you think, oh, we're going to go, man, we're going to go do great things. We're going to do awesome things. Yeah, but your wife's at home and you just keep going off on her. Because you can't control that thing. Control. Better a person who can manage his anger, manage his temper, than one who does, goes out and conquers great things. In other words, I'd rather have that guy on my team who can control himself than one who does great things. He can't control himself. We're dealing with some things here. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. Now, just, just look right there. A person's wisdom yields patience. You know, who do you see a lot of times that has a lot of wisdom, right? Older gentlemen, right? Older gentlemen, I mean, because you could see. Have you ever seen, like, 80-year-old, 90-year-old men getting upset over small things? Right? Nah. Like, you know, like. So what? No, no big deal. You just see, you know, older gentlemen just kind of going and no big deal. Not a big deal. Because wisdom helps you yield patience. Of course, it just makes sense. Stands to reason it because you learn certain things as you go along that, hey, it's just, it's not a big deal. It's all right. Look at this. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, it also says, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. In the New Living Translation, it says, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Now, you would think, especially, I mean, you know, the, we're, we're Christians, right? You would think very easily, oh, yeah, you know, just, you know, get over it. You know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to forgive 70 times 70, is what the Bible says, right? Not just in a week, but how, how, how much? In a day. In a day. And it's, and this is just something that just kind of like, I have a real tough time. I'll be honest. I have a real tough time dealing with, even me personally. It's almost like God is dealing with me on dealing with people who cannot deal with things. Like, ah, you know, look at the irony in that one, right? Because you would think that in, in church, that if there's anybody in this world that should be able to overlook an offense, it would be Christians. 
You would think, but sometimes, all of a sudden, you, just as you really talk with people, they're like, oh, they're so nice. Oh, but that person, 10 years ago, they hurt me. Oh, wait, wait, what? I love God, but that person, oh. Like, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, even in church, because we don't like to deal with these things. But yet it's to your credit, to your glory, to, to, to one's uh, understanding and the wisdom that you have that sometimes, yeah, they hurt me, but that's all right. It's no good to just allow them to hold on to me. Matter of fact, you know what you do when you hold on to an offense? But it's, it's like this. Uh, it's just like this. When you hold on to an offense and you may think, oh, it's not a big deal. No, it actually is a little bit of, of a big deal. Like, say Manny, right? I got my man Manny right here. Shook my hand. All of a sudden, oh, he shook my hand wrong. Why did he do that? Now on the outside, like, <laughs> all right, Manny. But in the inside, I said, why did he shake my hand like that? What is his problem? Oh, it just, he just, man, he crushed my hand. Oh, this guy just, oh, but on the outside, hey, man, all right, praise the Lord, Manny. Now, this is what happens when you have an offense. Manny, stand up. Come right here. You know, let's, let's do the, uh, all right. So no matter what, I'm taking Manny with me. Because I'm holding, he's not holding it, it's me. So wherever I go, all right, this is great stuff happening. Oh, this is really good. Oh, this, oh then I got Joe. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Man, Joe didn't shake my hand. Joe didn't shake my hand. Hey, all right, God bless you, Brother Joe. Right on the outside. Outside, no big deal. But on the inside, now, Joe, come on, come on, stand up. Stand up with me here, Brother Joe. Thank you. I know, I know, I know, all right. Okay, here we go. So no matter what, no matter where I go, I got Joe and Manny with me. No matter what. Can we turn? Let's turn, let's turn, 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 turn. There we go. All right, so here we go. I'm having a good time. I'm having a great time. Oh, things are going good. But because of this offense that I'm holding, no matter what, no matter where I go, when I just, when somebody, when even I just come and talk to Brother Greg, and Brother Greg goes, isn't Brother Joe a nice person? Right away. No, he's not. I'm talking with Sister Debbie, and she says, says, man, I love Brother Manny's handshakes. I go, no, he's not. (laughs) Now, was that her problem? Is that his problem? No, that's mine. I'm the one that's carrying it. I'm the one that's holding it. That's my thing. And see, a lot of times, we may not get this, but that's what anger does. Anger is these things that make sure that I'm going to hold it, and it ain't going nowhere. It's not going to happen. This will not take place, not in my lifetime. I don't care how long I'm going to hold on to this thing. And believe me, I've seen people, they can hold on to things for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, all over a handshake. All over, even sometimes, whether somebody actually did something, they actually hurt you, or even something they didn't do and it still hurts you. Either way, it's not their offense, it's mine. And it's until you learn how to actually, all right, no big deal. We'll be talking about that just right now. Thank you. Give Manny and Joe a great big hand. Amen. It is to your glory that you let Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. Basically, the writer of this scripture looking at it, and he found at the end of his life that people who let anger rule their life and sit right in front of them, they're foolish people. It's basically because they can't control this anger. It gets them to a point where anger just overtakes them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone says to a brother or sister, Rakah is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire and hell. Now look at this. Now look at this scripture real quick. I know we're going to be closing right here, but just look at this. Earlier we talked about how we just said, okay, you know what? If you're 
you know, an angry person, you, you know, it's, it's foolish. It's not very wise to do. Uh, you know, if you're an angry person, you know, it's just, you have no self-control. But now, this scripture, we're going beyond just saying, okay, anger is just making you, you know, it's kind of making you angry. It makes you want to fight. This scripture is saying, okay, now anger has to do with where your soul is going to go. That was different. You know, we just kind of went up a level here. Now, now this is serious. Now we're, we're getting a little bit serious here. You better check your anger. Because that anger cannot be checked into this door. It just, it won't. It can't. You could try, but it won't. That's why it's very important that you don't let this thing control you. Now it's going beyond. Now look at this here. James chapter 1 verse 19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Just right here alone, this is a little three-step process that it talks about within the actions of controlling this passion. If you really begin to look at this scripture, really begin to look at it, you know, on your own time, dive into it, it's going to help change your life. You know, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone say, quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to anger. Now, if, if, on your own time, really look at that thing, dive into it. It's going to be a great three-step process that will help you. Because if you really think about this, anger, even if you do it and you, you, know, you just kind of you know, recant it right away, like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't really mean to do that. The, the Bible actually says you will always reap what you... Now, do you believe that scripture? Do you believe that? So what that means is basically, no matter what, even if you didn't mean to do it, if you sowed it, you will reap it. It's going to happen. There's nothing I can do about that. You sowed it, it's going to happen. See, and that's why a lot of times, why is this happening to me? Well, maybe you might have made that happen to someone else. I don't know. That's why it's very important. Be, be slow to speak. Just don't go off and go, you know what? You know what your problem is? Slow down. Be careful. Just listen. Listen really quick. Listen for it. It'll help you. Because if you really understand it, this will help change your life. It'll help really make an impact within your life. And not only impact you, but impact others. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 22, verse uh, Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Wow. Look at this. Whoa. Uh, okay. Catch me right here. Not only is anger not good for you, it says don't associate though, don't associate with those because you yourself will catch a cold. If you catch a cold, well, you know, what do we call that? You know, oh, don't touch me because you're contagious. The Bible's now even saying be careful because people who are angry, it's contagious. You ever seen somebody, you know, in the, uh, you know, in your group of friends, that one person that's just, they always get hot and you always got to back them up? No matter what, like, dude, this guy, he fights and, well, I fight because he fights. I get mad because he gets mad. You know that one girl that she just gets mad, oh, oh who you think you are? Oh, yeah. Right? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Because right away they look for backup because anger is contagious. And it says, be careful who you, who you associate yourself with. Because that thing, it becomes contagious. Now it's not just about you, but it's about others. Tell the person next to you, deal or no deal. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. We're, we're almost done right here. We're almost done. Are you guys getting something here this morning? It says, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. The word rid yourself means, this is what it, what it means. It means to throw it out the back door. That's what it means. Get rid of it. Put it out the back door. Don't even, like, oh, who cares? It's not a big, like, just... Get it, the garbage. Just throw it out. 
Because out the back door is where you throw garbage. And even when you learn, I mean, doesn't it, it, it kind of, it's crazy how the, the Bible puts all those together. Anger, rage, malice, right? That's like the three levels of anger, rage, and then malice. And then it only stands to reason if you're so angry. Yeah, that's why it says be careful because after your anger, you're going to start slandering people. Because, you know, when you're so mad at somebody, you, you also start talking bad. You don't talk bad about people who you like, Right? You talk bad about people, like, oh, oh, that's why it says get rid of this thing. Because if you don't get rid, if you don't throw it in the garbage, that garbage stays in you. Get rid of it. Throw it out. Because if you don't, and you think, oh, it's just no big deal, it's not, it's not a big deal, and you're holding on to this thing, eventually it will come up in conversation because of the things that you're holding on to. And then when people talk about that, all of a sudden you're going to go, yeah, you know what? He is a bad person. He, yeah, but you didn't hear it from me. And we start masquerading this thing. I'm not wanting to say anything bad, but yeah, yeah you are. Started with anger, and now here we are in slander. Now here we are talking about them in a way that's just detrimental to their character, and not just that, to the light of Christ. you, you got to get rid of this thing. Don't let it harbor inside of your heart. You ever, I was going to show you a clip, but you ever, you ever seen the, the movie of Forrest Gump? You ever seen that movie, right, Forrest Gump? And remember there's a, there's a scene in the movie where, uh, Jenny and Forrest, they walk back, they're walking back to the, the little house where she grew up. You remember that? And her face just becomes stoic for like a, a brief, you know, uh, three seconds. Just face just looks pale, boom, within like a matter of seconds by looking at the house. And then it turns from a stoic face to what? Anger. And all of a sudden, she starts picking up all these rocks. Remember that? She starts throwing, boom! It's just a boom! She starts throwing all these things against the house because of everything that it represented in her childhood. The boom! It's a boom! And she just gets so upset and she gets so drained because anger will drain you. And boom! She falls to the ground. And when she falls to the ground, remember, Forrest walks over to her and he starts talking and he says, Sometimes there's just not enough rocks. Because that's how anger is. No matter how angry you are, sometimes there's just not enough rocks. There's just not enough slander that you can do. Your anger will keep that thing going. It will keep it inside of you. You must get rid of the thing. This, I know that it's not to say that those things didn't happen, but you, you need to learn that you got to get rid of this thing. Don't let it harbor within your life. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11 Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Fools vent their anger. Remember many years ago, I remember watching the infomercials. They used to have this thing with the, uh, the, 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 the this boxing dummy. You guys remember that? Uh, they probably still do it. They have the boxing dummy, and it was called anger therapy. That's what it's called. It was called anger therapy. And they, you know, they say, get the gloves on, right? And they say, you know, just whenever you're angry, put the gloves on and hit the dummy, right? You know, they're going to teach you, you know, do all that stuff, right? You see all that? They're like, okay, boom. You know, all right. You know, you just keep, keep. So whenever you're angry, that's what the therapy was. The therapy was, if you're just angry, just put on the gloves and go out there. The studies actually showed that this anger therapy made their anger worse. It made it worse. See, I know there's a lot of times we try to figure out ways. Oh, it's got to be this. Let's try this. Let's do this. But the Bible says only fools will vent their anger. Fools vent it off. I know you could try it. Okay, you know what? I'm going to let it out this way. I'm going to do it this way. You could try all you want. But really, you need to be able to deal with this properly. Matter of fact, really in all reality, the only thing you're hitting is a dummy anyways only thing. See, this word anger in the Greek mean, came from the word orge, which means, uh, especially in the New Testament, because that's where we get a lot of the Greek, the word anger means passion or passionate indignation, to reach out after, desire earnestly, to covet after. 
Matter of fact, even as we begin to really look into this, anger is not really a bad thing if it's used correctly, which we're about to see in just a little bit. It's even interesting when you study this word anger in the Old Testament, when this word is brought up, anger, and study, it's the same word, anger is the same word for intense sexual passion. Now what I'm trying to say here, look at this, is that somehow we have put this, these two words together and we've put them on the same level, which is the word anger and the word mad. And in all reality, anger and mad, they're two different things. They're not the same thing. Because being mad and being angry, these are two different things. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, In your anger, do not sin. See, everybody deals with anger. It's just in your anger, don't turn that anger into madness, into out-of-control state. See, even the Bible says in Psalms chapter 30, verse 5, even God had his anger. And it says, for his anger lasts only for a moment, or some of your translations say, for a season. But his favor or his mercies last a lifetime. See, even God himself got passionately indignated. A righteous indignation that my father used to always talk about. There's a righteous indignation if you control this thing. That actually, when stirred or when pointed in the right direction, anger can do some good things. When you study uh, about this, uh, the woman that created, there's an organization called MAD, right? Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. You ever heard of that before? Now, it started because this woman, her son, got killed by a drunk driver. But now she started an organization that has helped millions of moms all over America and now all over the world. See, she turned that anger into a passion indignation. She didn't let it get out of control. She said, you know what, yeah, I mean, I think any mom would be a little mad and upset if their son or daughter was to get killed by a drunk driver. But she didn't get mad at the drunk driver. She said, you know what, I'm getting mad at this thing that I can control, and I'm going to make sure I control this thing, and now I'm going to help millions of moms all over the world. See, anger is a good thing if you can control this thing. God's anger, it lasts for a season, but his mercies are forever. No matter what, his mercies are forever. See, now what do we do with this thing? And this is where we're concluding right here. This thing that we have anger with, this is something where we have to learn how to deal with and this is a key word, and we're going to look at this word, and everybody knows it, but do we really understand it? And that key word for getting rid of this is called forgiveness. Forgiveness. Turn to the person next to you and say forgiveness. Now forgiveness is not acting like the hurt never happened. Or it's not acting like the hurt didn't actually hurt. Oh, because, you know, that's actually how you keep the anger. You're like, oh, you didn't hurt me, right? Nothing hurts me. You can't hurt this. You know, some, let's be honest. Sometimes some people, they hurt you, and it, and it does hurt. But on the outside, we're just like, man, yeah, right. You can't hurt. Yeah, you can try to hate on me. You can't hate on me. Yeah, but on the inside, like, man, that hate hurts. Let's be honest. The only reason why you're even calling it hate is because hate hurts. I love haters. No, you don't. Shut up. <laughs> Who loves haters? Like, let's be honest. Nobody loves haters. Do you really love when people hurt you? I love people hurting me. I love people when they just hate on me. I love that. It gives me... Now, the drive or the purpose behind that statement is to drive them in a passionate way to do something positive. That's really what they're getting at. But in all reality, most people... They really don't love haters. Nobody does. I'll be honest, I don't like haters. I don't like it, but the reality is it happens. Okay. But what I've learned to do and what we must learn to do is to understand that, okay, hating and hurt, they're going to happen. So it's not like they didn't happen, but what the word forgiveness means, and this is the best definition that I can think of, and I've shared this with you before, and if you've been with me, you know that this is kind of the definition that I've come up with that we've shared about, that this is what forgiveness means. It means cancel the debt. 
It's not like the debt's not there. It's there. Just cancel it. Turn your Bibles to Matthew, and this is where we're going to conclude. Matthew chapter 18. He could come to the piano right here. Matthew chapter 18, verse 34. Now it's very important that you understand why it's very important for you to forgive. There's three reasons why, and I can't go into all three of the reasons right now, but you know, reason number one is a spiritual reason. Reason number two is your mental reason. And reason number three uh, is a physical, you know, and we talked about that earlier, physically. I mean, your body just can't take all that anger. It's not made to take that. Mentally, it's pretty good. You know, you want to keep your IQ there. Don't, don't go off. Don't venting off. It, you know, some of us, you've already burned too many brain cells. Right? Let's be honest. It only stands to reason that, listen, you're a Christian now. It's time to start learning how to forgive people. That's really one of the biggest differences between Christians and other people who don't follow Christ. I, I, listen, I, I hope that you don't come to church just to say, I come to church because I want to make it into heaven. I hope that you come to church because you say, you know what, I want to follow Jesus Christ and I believe that he has an abundant life for me. I believe that. Now look at Matthew chapter 18. Look at it right there. Verse 34 and 35, it says, In anger his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your trust in the Lord with all your Now it's very important. Listen to me here. This is where we're concluding. If the whole parable, I don't want to get too much into it, but really basically what happened is there was a king. He had somebody who owed him a debt. All in translation, Somewhere it could have meant that this servant owed him anywhere from 10 to 15 million dollars in, in our today's day and age. Somewhere in there, 10 to 15 million dollars. Some theologians say even more. And so the Bible says that this king came and there was a servant. He owed him all this money, but he said, you know what? Your debt is wiped away. It's done. It's over with. So then what happened was this, this servant, he comes and he sees someone else who owes him money. Let's just say he owes him 50 bucks. 50 bucks. He owes him 50 bucks. But this servant, who was just forgiven, saw another fellow servant, the Bible says, that owed him $50. He said, give me my money now. I want it now. And so the Bible says that all the other servants, they heard about this. They went back to the king and they said, hey, the person that you just forgave, he didn't forgive someone else. So he came back, the king got that servant back and said, hey, come here, didn't I just forgive you? Didn't I just cancel your debt? Okay, the same way you treated him, now I'm going to treat you. I just forgave you. I just canceled your debt and now here you are over here. Look at, if you were a Christian, you have been forgiven so much. For those who are in Christ Jesus now, there is now therefore no more. So then why in the world are we as Christians holding condemnation against others? God, forgive me. Matter of fact, it, it, the Lord's Prayer, probably the most famous prayer in the Bible, our Father who art in heaven. And then as you read all the way down, it says, forgive us our, translation says debtors. Forgive us our debtors. Then, then look at this. This is the key. It says, forgive us what does it say? As we. It's simultaneous. It's happening at the same time. But for you to say, God, forgive me, but I can't forgive her, you know what that is? A hypocrite. A hypocrite. Even John the Baptist, when we learn and we read about him, one of his biggest messages, says, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites you talk good you look good you sound good but inside you're horrible you talk this talk you say all this stuff you talk about all that see we're dealing with this uh, this is hard right now huh it's hard for me too believe me so all that you say all this stuff but yet you go out and you come to church and you look great 
But you go home and you hold all this anger against people. This boss who just, he's on you all the time and you can't be, oh man, there's a so-and-so who did wrong to you 10 years ago. You're holding it. Your mom, your dad who did it, you just want to throw things at them. You throw rocks. And says, Listen, if you want me to forgive you, then simultaneously I will forgive you, but you must cancel the debt of others. See, listen to me. This is the culmination of the whole message right here. As Christians, ah, oh, listen to me as Christians. Oh, man, as Christians. Look at, it's not that the hurt didn't happen. It's not that your mom didn't beat you or your dad didn't, you know, verbally abuse you. Listen, I understand it. Believe me, I understand it. Ah, if you were to hear my father's testimony, ah, the abuse and things that would happen, man. But one of the things I love that I would hear from him is he would say, I broke the curse. I broke the curse. Listen to me. It's not that you weren't cursed out yourself. It's not that somebody didn't hurt you. I, they did. You know, because a lot of times, especially in church, we have like this, you know, this Christian talk or Christian lingo. Oh, just forget about it, brother. But in all reality, according to science, even the way that you were made, you were made not to forget. Did you know that? You were made not to forget. Your brain will remember no matter what. Now, sometimes you may not recall. I don't recall that. I, but the reality of it is, when you see it, it happens to you, you remember. And ladies, listen to me. Men, they remember. I know they may not act, I don't, they remember. It's there. They remember it. It's not that it didn't happen. It's not that it never occurred. It's not that it wasn't deep. It's just saying, you know what? I forgive you. I can't hold on to this anymore, man. This is, it's weighing me down. I try to go forward and I, I can't, man. All because of a handshake or all because somebody looked at me wrong or all because, and especially incidental things that people don't do on purpose. You, you know how when we try to reason people's reasoning, oh, you did that on purpose, right? You did that on purpose. Okay, sorry. No, you're not sorry. Like, well, I know you're not. But really, in all reality, you're the one that's harboring the hurt. But you're holding on to it yourself. You know what you need to do? Cancel the debt. You don't owe me nothing. Because a lot, you owe me an apology. You, 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 owe, you owe me. I have the right. You, I have rights. What rights do you have? The king forgave you. You've been forgiven. Well, I have what right? You know, we're in Christ. That's the greatest righteousness that there is. I want to challenge you here this morning. I had some other things. I was all excited. I had all this stuff, but this is the brunt of the whole message. I know a lot of times we don't like to deal with this thing. We don't want to talk about it. So-and-so's in the room. It's okay. That's just so-and-so being so-and-so. No. Do you really want to have a reputation like that? That's just so-and-so being so-and-so. No. And then even for those of you that say, well, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine. Well, sometimes it's not really until you confront that house. And you start wanting to throw rocks. And I want you to know something. There's not enough rocks. There's not. Try, but it's not. Here this morning, we dealt with this thing called anger hard thing to deal with not me never me but in all reality I believe probably at one time or another probably every single one of us we flew off the handle once or twice the reality of it is I'm not saying you can't have anger no you just need to deal with it and control it in the right way better a man who can manage his anger manage that thing don't let it get out of control because if you deal with it in the right way it leads to something positive. God's anger, it lasts for a season, but his mercies, every morning, 
brand new. I want to challenge you to stay. Don't let it drive. Don't let it overtake you. Say, no, you know what? If there's anything, this passionate thing, this anger thing, God, help me to have a passionate indignation. Passion allows you to grab. Anger wants you to run. Say, God, I don't want to run. I want to grab a hold. I want to have a hunger for you. I want to have a passion for you. I want to have a desire for you. That's a lot of the same emotion. You ever notice that? Passion and anger, same emotion. Say, I want to have a passion for you. I want to have a desire for you. I want to go after you. Passion makes you grab. Anger makes you run. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to take off. I'm not going to be hot-tempered. I'm going to control this thing. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would be with each and every one of us, God. Touch our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls, Lord God. Have your way within our lives, Jesus. God, I know you spoke to us and continue to speak. In Jesus' name. Stand with me here this morning. Hallelujah. I want to make a a call out. Something that we haven't to deal with a lot. Now, whether it was something that touched you here, whether it was yourself personally, or maybe, you know, the, call it, kind of call it guilty by association, maybe there's some, man, I gotta, now I'm starting to see, man, I get angry with this guy, he gets me mad, she gets me, why, why do I do this, but there, you know, we have all our reasonings why we try to, but they hurt me, and maybe some of you here this morning, you just need to cancel a debt. I don't know with who, I don't know any of the, those questions, I just know one thing. Why? Because it's beneficial to your life. It helps you walk and live in abundance when you're able to cancel people's debts. One of the best things that I believe me, I try my best to do, and if there's anybody here that you know and you walk around me, you, you speak with me, I try my best. I try to forget as much as I can. I'm sorry, I, I forgot. I, I, I try my best. I don't even... I, I, I just, I want to cancel debts, man. I don't, I don't want to hold on to no debts. You owe me an apology. No, you don't owe me nothing. Nobody owes me nothing. Don't, you don't owe me nothing. For those of you that you walk around thinking everybody owes you everything, I think for sure, this message, listen, I know you may not like it, but some of you, you're holding on to so many debts. You got more debts than you got riches. God wants you to live a rich and plentiful, bountiful, fruitful life. Not a life filled with debts. You're walking around saying, okay, I'm a debt collector. I'm collecting my debt. I'm collecting my apology. One day I'm going to get it. Watch. You will see. You will pay me. Just, you know what? Take a briefcase. Close it up. Get rid of it. Out the back door. Throw it in the garbage. And let the garbage picker just pick it up. Let him take it. And don't go back. Don't go say, can I get my garbage back? No, no, no. Just let it go. Cancel the debt. Now, whether any of these things touched you here this morning, whether it's you yourself, someone else, or maybe something that you didn't even know, I want to challenge you here this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to believe God with you. Maybe it's within your marriage. Maybe it's within your household. Maybe it's within your job. Maybe it's with something that's been happening, harboring in within, within, within you. I don't know. But you say, you know what? I want to deal with it. I want to pray. I want to ask God, forgive me because I need to forgive others. If that's you here this morning, I want you to come right now to this altar. I want to pray with you here this morning. And we're going to ask God, say, God, you know what? This anger will not rule my life. It will not rule my marriage.